Welcome back to The Basement, everyone. You are now tuned in to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. Um, you may be a bit confused right now. If you were listening last week, you, you heard me say, uh, this week we're going to be talking to Phil Cook, and now you're looking at the title of this thing going, uh, Made of Oak, uh, Nick Sanborn, uh, that, that, that's not Phil Cook. Uh, you're right, and your, your reading comprehension skills are, are ace. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, Sometimes wires get crossed when uh, touring artists are coming through town. Uh, that's basically what happened this time. Uh, by the time we realized it, it was it was too late to, to put anything together, which sort of sucked. But uh, good news, he's going to be back early in the year. He's going to be playing with Indigo Girls. Hopefully, we'll be able to check up with him then. Uh, I, you know, as much as we love Southland Mission and and we do, that is an amazing amazing album um, that you need to put in your ears now if you haven't. Uh, I, I, I think it'd be a safe bet that Phil loves it exponentially more uh, and has a whole lot to say about it, you know? And uh, so really, uh, you know, bummer that it didn't work out this time, but uh, early next year or at some point next year, we'll talk about it. And uh, really looking forward to that. Um, so like I said, in his place, uh, or rather the next scheduled podcast, uh, his friend Nick Sanborn was going to be in town the next night. So we'd sort of line that up. If that name sounds familiar, maybe you're a fan of Megaphone. Uh, maybe you're a fan of the Rosebuds. You know, and you, you've always thought like, Hey, that's the guy who laid down those sick bass beats on the latest Rosebuds album. Uh, or maybe just maybe you're a fan of, uh, Sylvanesso who sort of took over the world last year. Uh, him and Amelia Meath, uh, make up Sylvanesso. They have been on this podcast before, uh, go back and listen to it. It's awesome. Um, uh, but Nick is back with a project uh, made of oak. It, it's sort of his pseudonym that he, he was operating under actually before Sylvanus has started. Uh, more instrumental electronic music, uh, stuff like that. He has a new EP out called Penumbra and just finished up a tour. Uh, the next to last night was here in D.C. So we said, hey, why don't you come over? We'll sit down and chat. Uh, turns out it was a fantastic chat, just like their chat with uh, Sylvanesso. You know, a lot of the things we talk about on this podcast uh, throughout the course of this year, uh, or a lot of things we have talked about, are, you know, how, how musicians are going to make it, the, the state of the marketplace, the state of the artistic universe, uh, if you will. Uh, and these are things that Nick thinks a lot about. And uh, so it was good to sit down and it just sort of fit right into what we've been doing this year. Uh, a fantastic conversation that ranges everywhere from Napster uh, to uh, Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. So uh, we've got that for you this week. Also, stick around after a talk with Nick. Uh, his friend Phil Moore he is in Bowerbirds and uh, he has a new project out called Tushka. Uh, they have a song called The Program. It's, it's the first single off of an upcoming new album that should be released sometime next year. We've got that for you to check out, uh, and I do suggest you check it out. We'll talk more about that at the back end. Uh, and then uh, and then we're just going to let you out of here. So get comfortable. you got a nice little, uh, nice little hour hanging out with us, which we do always appreciate. Uh, here you go. This is episode number 143, Chunky Glass of the Podcast. We're sitting down with Nick Sanborn, uh, a.k.a. Made of Oak. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man. Nearly a two-word review is just a shit sandwich. That right there is a wonderful power.
Yeah, let's do it. Stretch. Uh, good to see you, man. It's been a while. Like, good to li- see you too, a, a little, dude. A uh, little different situation. Actually, yeah. A little more. There was food. There was, uh, there was food. It, it was, uh, what's, there weren't beverages. There was a lot of coffee. It there was, was coffee. Sherry, sherry yeah. There's, uh, coffee. There's beverages here. Sure. We have coffee. Uh, how has your sojourn out conquering the world been? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what was, the, so was it when we Toon played Yards. at, with Toon Yards? Yes. Right. Okay. Jeez, that is so recently, and yet seems like so long ago. Right, it was last um, year. I was trying to, I was trying to guess the date, and I was like, I remember it was in the summer. Because, must have been June of last. Yeah, year. Yeah, we went to see, and that's what I get mixed up. It was last year, the year before. Yeah, it was twenty fourteen. Yeah, June. Yeah, right. Okay, but I you have been that. out with your uh, other band, well-known yes. band, uh, conquering the world. <laughs> I would say, uh, you know, uh, and now all of a sudden. Uh, you pop up with this Made of Oak, which was not something I knew. I think Made of Oak was going on before. Yeah, well, it's just kind of always the name I've used for any time I've right. done something on my own. Right. And so I have I just have never taken it all that seriously. Uh, and I started taking it seriously maybe five years ago. But okay. But by seriously, I just meant like, oh, I started like playing shows and like mm-hmm. having, you know, You've- material. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you... You've played in a, in a, a lot of bands. Um, That's true. You have played a lot of traditional instruments. True. So uh, you being a little younger, maybe being a little older, like describe. Well, how? I mean, I'm 43. Are, okay, I'm so, 32. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's, okay, right. it's a it's a generation. It's a couple classes. Well, it's just school. weird. I think when I like, touring, and especially playing electronic music or you know yeah. doing anything like that. 32 to me, maybe I'm just insecure about that. 32 feels like old. Like I always meet new producers. And Trust me, like, dude. It's I'm not. 23. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, and it's, neither is 43 for that. For that no, moment. absolutely. I, yeah. But um, you, at what point in doing all this, did you look at, I guess you're using Ableton, look at an electronic instrument and be like, maybe this is going to be for me. I don't know if there was a moment of that. It was something that I'd always, uh, used and was always intrigued by and i have a couple of friends who uh i kind of grew up with in mm. in wisconsin uh who are like real geniuses with it and were way ahead right. of me um so like when i got my first laptop when i went to college like my buddy eric was the guy who showed me how to like record something and then cut it up and yeah, yeah, yeah turn it into something else and um and that was like my first experience with it um and so it's just been kind of this really slow progression since then. And then mm-hmm. I think once I started really getting into uh, kind of Ableton and like live processing, yeah. and not even just Ableton, but just in general, like live processing, you know, that kind of stuff um, with a bunch of different programs, it just slowly kind of became my main instrument. I almost didn't realize it until so I was So you identified already, it as your main instrument now? I mean, I spend the most time with it right now. Right. I'd say my chops if you can call them that with a laptop are a lot sharper than my chops on bass, which is right. my other like main traditional instrument. Right. I would say. Right. Um, at least at this point, I mean, I'm sure that'll 
that's just one of those like 10,000 hours things. Though, well, you do play you know? sort of everything. I mean, you've played- kind of, I kind of, I was a composition major in college, right, right, which right, right. kind of means, you know, you play a lot of stuff, not very well. Right. Um, right. But uh, you get it to get like the, not only the timber of stuff and then like understand what each thing is going to do. Yeah. You then... kind of get into, you know, especially piano. I'm like uh, the world's most okay piano player. <laughs> um, and you, you and me both, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave up when I was 16 and that's a lot of years ago. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. I, I, so I, you kind of, I think in school, I, I tried to just figure out what something could do yeah. by playing it and then to use it in, in a piece that you'd have then somebody else play that instrument. In. Right. But, but yeah, bass was always my main instrument all through, all through kind of high school and, and my right. life up to now. Right. So, I mean, just I mean, a slow crossfade to the. Computer. And what you just said, like the, the, figuring out what something can do and then figuring out how to put that into like uh, an expression. Because I, yeah. ultimately, like what you're doing with this, what you're doing with when you're playing with uh, uh, Rosebuds or Megaphone mm-hmm. or, or Sylvanesso, like. Ooh, Rosebuds. Yeah. Nice shout out. And, and, uh, you know, when you're doing that, it is all about getting it out and using the right tools for this. But totally. It, yeah. But, uh, you know, back to the old man thing, you know, typically uh, electronic music isn't necessarily uh, my generation's thing. And I say that like a really old man, even though it's not. It, yeah. It, it, it's a weird uh, – I grew up on guitars. Yeah. I grew up on, you know – I mean, you see some instruments around here. It's like yeah. the, the basic instruments. And and I can, like, dick around uh, Ableton a little bit enough. Yeah. And, I, and I get the fascination with it. But there seems to be, like – Especially in like what you do, so much more a focus and an ability to use it and understand how it can be made. Well, I, I think it's like a personality type thing. You know, I, I think that um, computers in general are just one of those things that they always fascinated me as a tool. Yeah. And uh, especially with something like Ableton or like Max MSP or any of these kind of open ended. Uh, sound design programs. Uh, I think when I see something like that, my personality is is such that I immediately want to figure out what I can do with it right. and how it works, and you know how I can make like kind of the most elegant patch in something. I think I think about that. That's like exciting and fun. Yeah, yeah. that's fun problem solving for me. Um, so I don't know what that is. I have friends who are musicians who mm-hmm. like that isn't the case at all. Like right. they want to spend all their time. Like like Phil Cook from Megaphone. Yeah, yeah. Like, which, by the, which, by the way, couldn't make it yesterday. He was going to be here yesterday. Oh, seriously? Yeah. That's right, because well, didn't his, his play his rock play, and roll His play last, last night. night. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was going to ask you about his punctuality. So that we will, <laughs> we'll, you know, last time we got trolled by uh, Amelia's mom. I think maybe we should troll <laughs> Phil Cook now. <laughs> I would never troll Phil I know, Cook. He, I know. He's, uh, but, but yeah, so like Phil Cook. Uh, yeah, but Phil Cook, for example, he's... Uh, you know, a absolute genius and cannot put a guitar down or right. a banjo down. Like with stringed instruments and piano, he sees one, like we'll go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if there's an instrument there, he just leaves the social hang, goes and picks it up and like starts playing <laughs> immediately. And that's how I, his I brain works. He I, wants I, to... I left a trail of guitars up there. <laughs> <laughs> that that might have <laughs> done something of, rare. Like, ooh, what's this? Like, ooh, a trail of rare gospel 45s. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> he just accidentally ends up yeah, on the podcast. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's how his brain works. Whereas to me, I'm getting out of that. That's how I was when I was in high right. school. I, I all I did was sit around and play bass. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I wish I still naturally gravitated towards that. But now my brain has moved into this like I want to sit down and like make patches and yeah. get better at that kind of. It's just that's you know for whatever reason, for better or worse, that's kind of where my brain has gone uh, yeah yeah it's, it's sort of moved on that but i mean what, but like that wouldn't interest phil at all i don't i would guess that it wouldn't i guess well, i don't want to put words it, in it, it's but. weird because like uh, what you do uh, i have some friends in town that do some stuff uh louis weeks also just did something and it's like uh i grew up playing classical stuff so it, you know i i am like very responsive to like overall themes so like this album uh penumbra yeah. uh is almost like a, a one movement. It's very short and it's very affecting. Yeah. That was the kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah, so it, but exa- that, yeah. Exactly. Which is, which is why it, it is, it, it completely works. And, uh, but like what works for me a little more than say, just some electronic dude throwing something off and I like, check out all these patches I made. There's breath and life in that. Well, I think that's something I'm always drawn to though in any music but especially sure. electronic music because there's that friction boy mm-hmm. there's that cognitive dissonance you know where you can tell that something isn't just being played in the traditional sense right um but i i think that when electronic music feels really personal and human uh-huh. there's this interesting kind of eye robot thing that happens in yeah. the brain where where you but you don't there's a the weight. three laws. I mean, <laughs> you, well, you know, there, yeah. there's like kind of a weight to that intention. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, when I hear people like, um, uh, you know, like Dentel or uh, Fortet mm-hmm. or, um, you know, even like Dilla, like I, I hear um, them in that music and it, it feels yeah. imperfect in a perfect way. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and I think that's just... I guess I don't know where I'm going with this. That's just something I'm yeah. really, I, I really am attracted to that. And I think listening to a lot of stuff in that vein, both old and new, maybe help me feel like, oh, I can just make a record that just sounds like me. Yeah. Just sounds like something I like instead right. of like, oh, it needs right. to fit into some genre or something. Like it, it I can just make stuff we, we, and it'll sound like me if I let it breathe and be me. Which kids, if you're, if you're listening, that is the secret to making music. Make it sound like something <laughs> yeah, that you would yeah. like. I mean, yeah. And that sounds like a simple thing, but like how much, how many records do you listen to where that are you, you kind of question whether or not that was the case? Uh, you a know? lot. <laughs> I, I feel like I listen to so many records that are great, but it sounds like they did made a lot of preemptive like decisions right. about what their band was going to sound like. Yeah, and that can be cool, but um, I guess that's just not something I really. Well, for me, to that's do. why Sylvanessa worked. Uh, to, to be honest, like it, it just it sounded like you know doing something that both of you wanted to do, and now hearing this, you know it. Like the 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 first single Pine Bender, I was yeah. like, "How big a fucking nerd is this guy?" Because <laughs> it's just like it's this sci-fi thing that I want to see the movie, and it's not there. <laughs> no one's gotten there yet. And, awesome. and, and the and the the mood comes, in and it's just like that sound of all this stuff that like I never really saw as a child, but with the stuff that I was like totally nerding out on, like bad sci-fi films and yeah stuff. and it's not bad sci-fi music in any stretch of the imagination it's totally cool if it is yeah okay <laughs> so i mean you know and that one you know leading from that from uh, penumbra which is the name of the ep like into that like you have 
uh, it sounds like uh, doors closing and, and all these like ambient noises. Were yeah. those were those actually patches like recorded live sounds or that uh, it's on the opening track? You mm-hmm. mean that that thing that happens in the middle mm-hmm. was just a, a totally like my perfect kind of happenstance thing, like the kind of thing I love in records. Right. Like, uh, but I was just I was literally playing that Rhodes part, and I had. Um, Kind of going on that like human elements of electronic mm-hmm. music thing. I had I had mic'd the top of the roads instead okay. of just plugging it in because if you open a roads up, it's this beautiful mechanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this series of hammers, and it's it's just kind of a, a beautiful design, and it sounds yeah clacky and cool. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll just mic this, and then maybe I can mix the two little things together, and you'll get that uh, sense of texture. But so when I was doing that at that midpoint in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, my roommate Donna slammed the oven door in the kitchen like two rooms away <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like it's done and I was literally like awesome and then I went and like that's you don't hear me yeah. whispering awesome to myself but I was like <laughs> like sorry that's not yeah. podcast stuff but me like silently you know we'll, we'll, draw, yes. we'll draw an illustration of that <laughs> I can put a gif maybe with the podcast yeah. but then you know so that was just something that I left in and I, I love stuff like that where Either having a field recording that you just let play and let mm. do it, it's going to do instead of trying to force it to do what you want it to do. Right. Um, that's something I learned a lot from uh, one of the guys in Megaphone, Joe Westerland. He's yeah. his uh, solo material is so he's so good at that. He's so good at taking finding the music within a long field recording mm-hmm. instead of making it do what he wants it to do. And so that I love moments like that where you feel like you just open yourself up to kind of the John Cage, you know, right, right, four right. minute, 433 or whatever, um, sense of the world. And yeah. then just don't clean it up at all. Just leave it all in there. Yeah, just leave it all in there and yeah. see how people respond to it. And well, I mean, hopefully, I mean, the idea to me is when I hear stuff on the, like that on records, I think it, it, it makes me feel more intimately involved with the artist. You know, I feel like I'm, yeah, it, no, it's that, like an invitation. Was, you know, say. you feel like you're right there with them, right? And you know, and I, I right. love and, that feeling. And you're like, yeah, he's just not like dropping a sick beat. He's actually like saying something. Yeah, or I, I think it's, I don't know. It just feels like an invitation, especially with weirder music. Uh-huh. Uh, I love it when you can allow someone to access it more easily you know yeah. when, when you kind of continue to invite the listener in and and don't um don't make there be any bar for entry and so like that's a yeah, thing yeah. i love when there's there's you know sounds from the actually what was happening yeah uh the the tail ends of things and uh i think that when i hear that that always feels like an a, an open door did you, you know? have you heard the uh the uh, colin stetson sarah newfield album oh did yes you? so very similar. Exactly. Okay, Very yeah. similar. So, like, to some, that could be, uh, like, any. I think in anybody else's hands, that would be such a high bar, uh, barrier to entry. Yeah. There's something specifically, I think, in a lot of what Colin is doing, that all of a sudden you're in and like you put it on, you can't turn it off. Uh, and for the because record, I, I do that with this record. Too. You don't have to know about Ornette Coleman or no. you know. Uh, and Bronson. you can find it. You can you, you can, can get there from yeah. there. But like, I think a dude like Bronsman, for example, is uh, you know, there's kind of a bar for entry there, and yeah. it's not for everybody. Right. And and you kind of have to be into a certain aesthetic and know a bit about free jazz to kind of get where he's going. Yeah. But Colin is able to 
like remove all those barriers. You it, just are in so his world and it's not like anything else. I was at, when we were at the Eau Claire festival oh, yeah? this last summer, um, you know, he played to 5,000 people in a tent <laughs> and everyone was freaking out. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kept looking around being like, this is why, this is what's great but both about this festival because mm-hmm. that was like the hallmark of that festival. Which I think we're going this year. So Oh, you got to go. Yeah, it was yeah. the cool, I, I'm going to go back just as a fan. Like it was so good. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was that, you know, like he, he just lets you in yeah. and he's playing the weirdest music ever, right. but it's so him. You know, like when you yeah, meet they, him, it's like, oh, I totally get why you make this music. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. It's totally like, this you. Makes, this makes totally sense. Yeah. You, you've done something. You're not just like imitating. You're, I mean, you, you are to some extent, but you, you've also infused it with it. And then the way his interaction with Sarah is it just. Oh, yes. It, it creates this like. But I almost, we were putting together our best of list and I almost forgot about it. And Dar- yeah. And Daria was just like, uh, what about the uh, Sarah Newfield bit? Yeah, that's how I was like, oh shit! And yeah, and a lot of stuff slid down. It's like, because she would come down here, and I'd just be sitting down here listening to sitting with the cats. He, yeah, he <laughs> also does that. The, another thing that I love in instrumental music and experimental music, uh-huh. where he, uh, with that first record, that warfare, um, yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm going to mess up the title. It's a long title. Yeah, this is not but, a facts-based podcast, so you're you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Forget it. But that that uh, that the, Colin Stetson album that uh, Creed sang on, right? <laughs> that one. I know the one you're talking about, man. Um, but he invent he invented this whole story. Yeah. To go with that record about this island where that's covered yeah, in these yeah, horses yeah. that have these machine guns attached to them, and he had this insane, mm-hmm. beautiful storyline in his head to it. And I think that that's another way to let people in to music like that is when there's an arc for you. And especially if you aren't using lyrics, I think, uh, cause lyrics, obviously we attach to immediately and they help you through the story in a very literal way. Um, but when it's instrumental, uh, having that, that thread that makes sense to you. And so whether or not the listener gets that exact thing right away, who's going to imagine an island with a bunch of horses with machine guns on it? But, (laughs) but like, you you never know, you never know. But like, I think it lets, it gives you the, uh, kind of framework to lay your own story over and get more involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? No, it it does make sense. And it's a weird thing because uh, a lot of people like, claim to do that and you can do something yeah. you can do something like that and fail miserably mm-hmm. and that's that's neither here nor there it's not good or bad it's just like no totally you know uh like like preview 73's one word extinguisher mm-hmm. you ever listen to that record mm, i don't think i have oh, it's really good you should totally listen to okay. it um but i loved that record and then i read this interview with him where he was like oh yeah it's like that's kind of my breakup record and i was immediately like of course it is like that right. makes so much sense that's like why i like this. Yeah, that's yeah, a thing yeah. i couldn't put my finger on that I right, love right, about right, this. Right. You, this was a really emotional time in your life, and you're telling a whole story. Yeah, and it gives us this, you know, world to inhabit that that there's a through line with. You right, know? without without explicitly stating. I mean, yeah. I mean, subtlety is is in art in general. I think uh, almost a necessity for it to truly succeed. I mean, you can have super popular music, Ab- absolutely, but, but it's also kind of a dying art form with like the way it, people experience it. it, it, it on abso- the absolutely is. Um, uh, with all you electronic kids going now, <laughs> um, no, but but no, that that subtlety and and uh, way of storytelling, I think it it, it translates uh, in music, in movies, in TV, in books, and everything. But the ones you remember, like I don't know what the fuck is going on on that uh, Colin Stetson Sarah Newfeld album. Yeah, and I I don't necessarily care. I know how it makes me. That's the point. Feel. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's the, a lot of the stuff we've actually covered this year has been about, like, how do we feel about it? We don't care what's, like, yeah, a few of us can speak to, like, musically, this is up here, and it's like they did this right, but yeah. we don't really care about that so much yeah. anymore because that's no fun for anybody. Like, Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, um, hmm, I think that all art that gets released publicly mm-hmm. ultimately ends up being about your relationship with it yeah you know it's as an artist i think when you put something out there's this you you kind of lose it it's not Mm -hmm. yours anymore yeah you know now your record or your painting or whatever is everyone who listens to it or sees it they have their own relationship with it yeah and that's cool like i think that's great it's amazing (laughs) but but people artists are are comfortable with that to varying degrees and some people some people are just like no yeah, this totally. Is just, but this, even, is, this is what it is, <laughs> and you're fucking wrong. I've interviewed some people like that, and I was just like, what? I think that's, yeah, I mean, Which, you know. And it's fine. It is, yeah, it you is. Eat, everybody everybody can just do what, live and let live, I, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, have you, have you ever listened, uh, or, or what's a recent, something you've listened to that you were like, it's this to you, and then all of a sudden you found out what the artist's intention oh, that's was. That's a good question. Man, I don't think that's happened to me in a while. But I also don't read a lot of music journalism. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, so um, I, I kind of had to just stop. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, um, I don't read a lot of people saying what their stuff's about. Right. <laughs> Very much unless I talk to them personally. Right, right, right. Um, uh, there's stuff where I'll like figure out I'll like figure out I've been mishearing a line mm-hmm. for a long time and then be like, oh, now I missed the line I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that happens uh, a lot of times. Uh, I'll be like reading something and somebody will say it's about something. Yeah. And then I keep listening to it and I don't, I just don't get it. And I'm like, yeah. what? I don't think it's, I mean, <laughs> that's cool. I hate to say it. I think you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, like, but you're not because you made it. <laughs> um, you know, uh, there's also, I think, this weird, uh, uh, thing with uh subtlety that's kind of frustrating right now where um uh let's go you can't <laughs> very cute cat yes. where you uh it it's it's difficult to get people to accept that there's layers of meaning that aren't all on the surface yeah uh without telling them that's explicitly and there's also this huge problem with telling them that explicitly because it robs you (laughs) as the audience of the totally necessary epiphany of finding your own conclusions yeah like i was reading this uh article where somebody was a critic was was just saying that he didn't like the fifth season of mad men okay i follow me here for a second yeah um and his point was that uh it was good, but it was the most overt season of Mad Men that the metaphors were all very like on the note, like, Oh, he's got a toothache because it's something he won't deal with. You know, like they're like, (laughs) they're just kind of like, he made Sigmund Freud just walks through the, yeah, (laughs) there was all these things. And his complaint was basically just that they made it too easy uh, for you to figure out the meaning. And, and there's this thing in our brains as humans, which is kind of, up shame but mm-hmm. it's the reason when somebody explains a joke to you that it isn't funny is yeah. that the your brain needs to make the leap itself mm-hmm. in order to actually learn it or have the epiphany right you know it's like why when your parents 
tell you something you should be doing your whole life and then you learn the lesson the hard way and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah I yeah, should have just listened to them, but I didn't. It's the exact same thing. And so you, as an artist, I think, are in this frustrating middle ground of trying to create work that you feel like has enough layers for somebody to feel invested in, but at the same time, not divulging all that, not just being like, oh, this is what this is about, right? you know? Um, Cause then you just ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. For and, sure. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, you, I mean, well, you can, I mean, there, there's a you market, can, there, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a market for that. I mean, there, there just is. And, and it's, it's sad. I think visual artists are way better at it than I am. For least. sure. I, I, I love reading I, painters. I, I forget. About. It was a, it was a quote from, uh, and it was recently, it was not Jess Hopper and it wasn't Meryl Garbus. It was, Something like that, though. There's a lot of range in there, uh, but but <laughs> okay. but it was essentially like talking about how they miss the mystery, yes. of music. I'm right there, with and you. and everything is you know when I was growing up, you know it was uh, it was the '80s, so we literally had Purple Rain on a boombox. Yeah, that nobody that will never be replicated. You, yep. you can't, and but everybody has those moments. Like we yeah. we. Uh, Positive No was here. It was there on the last podcast. And uh, a guy grew up in Danville. Yeah. And how they discovered music was they'd take a bunch of beers and a boombox out, and your friend would have a tape. And then it's just like, and, the, yeah. and that is so like the best way to do it. But yeah. But now. Well, I mean, but do you and me just think that because like, this is the old guy thing to that's, say. That's now. What, and that's where that's where I was going with. Because like, I totally agree with like, you. Like, but get on every, my lawn. <laughs> every time I start saying that, I'm just like, wow, I sound like an asshole. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Like it's uh, I was having this talk. We were at a, a, a meeting with some label guys the other day, and yeah. they were talking about Spotify. And I I um, you know, cool. All right. Yeah. Great. I think there's a lot of positive aspects to streaming, and yeah. like there's a democracy to it that mm-hmm. obviously I can't uh, fight. Um, but I brought up, we started getting into this conversation about how, um, when, uh, when you're listening to something on a streaming site, Mm -hmm. your brain is inherently in a very dismissive mode. Yeah. You just are like, and that's not better or worse. It's just the nature of that experience. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I started talking about, um, when I bought kid a, and uh. this is where I started feeling like a fucking old guy was I was, I, you know, I like left high school on my lunch break, drove to the record store I worked at after school, yeah. bought it on CD, drove to my parents' house and pulled my speakers out and put it in my discman and like that first doo 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 blah, you know, yeah. I, I remember the weight of that moment right. was so huge. Assuming you and, were, you were, you were a, uh, a Radiohead fan before that. Yeah, I yes, mean, obviously, so. like a, like any kid who was about thirty two, OK Computer was like, oh my god, you know, yeah, like, because you should continue on from the weight of that moment being so huge. Because as Radiohead, and I, I was also, yeah, it really was, it was, it was it, a, and that it was a totally new thing. And I, I, um, I, my point to the people we were talking to was, I don't, I worry that we're all as a music industry mm-hmm. just being okay with that moment never happening again. And, yeah. and I, that's a shame to me. I, I, I want to figure out how we can embrace this, but at the same time, embrace it in such a way that allows that moment to be something a kid who's 16 could have. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just like, 
Because now it's going to be like, what is it? Oh, radio put in a record. Oh, cool. Let me just stream it. And like Spotify, the fucking shuffle button is bigger than the play the album in the order (laughs) button. Like, what the fuck? Like, come on, guys. Help me out a little bit Actually, they just killed audio uh, two days ago. I know, I know. Which is terrible. I know, uh, Which means I'm going to have to go to Apple Music and lose it. I lost a bet, so now I owe somebody a bottle of bourbon. (laughs) But but I won't. And like, as somebody who does uh, some design for their living, like, I can't look at Spotify. I can't. I, I look it's at it. And I'm just like, oh god, that hurts. Yeah. And I, I, this is not. I'm not trying to shit on Spotify. No, like, no. I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm into this. Like, I think that we're opening up music to a whole new group of people in a whole new way. Mm. And I'm down. I just worry that we're not being cognizant of the more subtle, deeper reaching effects mm-hmm. of of having that be just the norm. And I, I think that there's maybe a way we can do that with streaming. And like, I think that we can encourage those kind of relationships, uh, going forward. I just, I, I think that needs to be part of the conversation. You know what I mean? My, yeah. My perspective is, is, uh, there is just too much. Totally agree. I, I don't know. Uh, that's the first time I've heard somebody say that as far as like the, the way that passive listens and, and uh, I certainly, uh, I think I would tend to subscribe to that, actually, uh, yeah. as part of it. It's so... Purely the first it, impression yeah, thing. Yeah, I think that so, that's a big thing, so, that the first time you hear something is so weighted. You right. Know? The, the issue is so, like, multi-layered, though, because you totally. have technology. It's it's amazing. It can, you do all these things, and a kid can sit down on his laptop with Ableton, whatever, now with GarageBand, yeah. you know, uh, or whatever the PC knockoff is. Yeah. Know, and make something and that in and of itself is the most powerful thing the that has thing ever, ever happened yeah. to the human race practically i'm I mean, so into it yeah at, but at the same time as someone who runs a, a music blog which is a reason we don't write so much anymore because yeah. what we get coming at us is stuff that like me personally i want to like support and it's just hard though to write about something that is needs like is so underdeveloped and so underbaked and like and I don't know the person so if you're getting a thousand people and, and this is like anybody who runs a uh, mid-sized music blog oh yeah and it's uh it's a frustrating position to be in because you're you're like rooting for all these people you're just like yes but i mean that's also like kind of the a great position for you to be if you look at it in this other way mm-hmm. like obviously that's a lot of work which sucks and yeah. like a lot of shit to sift through yeah. but like you that's the point of music blogs that's the point of podcasts is like yeah, yeah. there's all this shit out there if you're into my ear mm-hmm. like i'm the filter for that for this one corner of the world right. you know and and that is kind of like the new democracy like it's it's yeah. so it's a lot to listen to but like isn't it great that it's a lot to listen to? Yeah. Like, oh, oh, it absolutely you know, is. Like, it, it's, it's, it's baffling, though, because, uh, you know, I want to have that moment again, like yeah. an album. And it's virtually impossible. That's that's mm. what I was really working on this year. It was like, I have to do it. So I had it with, like, uh, Jessica Pratt's album, yep. Riley Walker, mm-hmm. uh, the Beauty Pill album, uh, you know, some a bunch of other stuff. And it's just... Uh, that Riley Walker record. Hmm. It's... it's great yeah and and it's great like i need to buy a van now and like put wood paneling up all over this shit <laughs> and the lady won't let me and i don't know what to do about that yeah um but you know it it finding those so i have been able to find some and and when you find that you just feel so much better yeah i i think that it to me my solve for it was uh, was like a personal headspace thing. So now if yeah. I'm going to look for new stuff, which I do 
you know, easy once a day. Yeah. Um, uh, I kind of, the only times I do dip into these like music journalism is purely like new stuff. Like I'll go to like, I have a handful of like hip hop blogs and like electronic blogs and whatever that I, that I like that are pretty much just purely positive. Like, Hey, this is small and this is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I just hit every play button and, and try to like hit, Hit, when and I hit play, and just be in a space happens. to like take it in instead of just being like, whatever. Let me just click that. You know, like yeah, it's it's way more about my headspace. Yeah, and making a, that conscious decision mm-hmm. because it encourages you to not do that. It encourages it to be dismissive. It's a, the play button's really tiny. It's just this little thing. So if I, I yeah, click, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, and SoundCloud's lagging. Like whatever. I'll just yeah, wait. Yeah. Um, so I've I've tried to make it more like the Zen Buddhist approach, like, Oh, I know I must be the change. Like it's, <laughs> it comes from me. Well, I cannot people, affect my environment. I can and, only affect myself. And it's you know? funny because a lot of people say, uh, the, the other thing and not just, uh, streaming, but uh, I hate to say it, piracy, like increased. Uh, I mean, you definitely grew up like at the age when Napster would have been like everything yeah. to a kid your age. And, uh, you it know, was, it was kind of just after, like I was, um, I was, a, I think, a senior in high school right. when Napster came out. So it, I kind of like weirdly just missed it in a little bit of way. I can, like it, I can see Like it, it only yeah. really – we kind of forget how short its reign was. Yeah, it, it was, was like, like a year. A year. Yeah. Um, and so by the time I was even like in college where I would have like been into it, yeah. it was already like full of total garbage and like yeah. not a thing anymore. You yeah, know? it was, uh, you know, fish mislabels doing the – Gin and juice cover. The whole <laughs> yeah. Which was yes. the gourds. Holy shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was that, that was the one where mega is, hit Napster hit. Where's that fucking think piece about the fucking <laughs> mislabeled MP3s on the old school like hot wire? You know, like <laughs> like that that's a great like Yeah. Oh my god. I mean people people want that from their artists and they wanted that at the time. Yeah. And and I believed it for six months. Yeah. And no, you know, we had high speed was just rolling out. It was, uh, yeah, but it was a weird time. It was a weird time. (laughs) And, uh, but my point I was trying to make about that was that, uh, that along with streaming has increased people's vocabulary. And we've said this a lot on this podcast. What do you, how do you mean? Their music. So, before, when you go to a record store, you have either you go with somebody or you have the guy at the record store who knows stuff and is like giving you all this yeah. stuff. If you are in a college town, you could get college radio. But if you weren't, you know, I grew up in like Southwest Virginia. Yeah. There's no college radio. There. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and and uh, so, uh, you know, your options were limited and you got a lot of what was on 120 Minutes. That was, love, a, that was a I fantastic wish outlet. Back. That was the coolest uh, show. Yeah, it was. And, and, all of a sudden, though, what you're talking about, just like people trying stuff, you you have this mass of things that people can try and people are sharing and doing all that stuff. And so a lot of music that people generally weren't going to be exposed to, all of a sudden that – I mean – and I'm speaking specifically of piracy right now. That barrier to entry like where people had to spend all this money mm-hmm. – they had a, f- a friend invariably who did not, yeah, and uh, and came over like here. I burned all these CDs for you. Yep, and then you have your mind blown. Yeah, 
Like, and it could be blown as much as like you didn't know about the Beatles' revolver. And I'm not. Uh, it's sort of that's got to be a real thing, though, right? I mean, that's it, like totally it is a real, real thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so stuff like that, because depending on your region, if you're in a metropolitan area, of course you know all this stuff. But if you're in the rural, I mean, you did you grow up in Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah. So. Wisconsin is largely rural. Yes, and a lot up there. I, mean, I grew up. I grew up just outside of Madison, so okay. I, I was kind of like half and half. You know, yeah. we had like a couple of great outlets and like a great college station, but yeah. it was it was not like you know, it was not growing up. It was not Chicago. It was not New York. It was yeah. not you know, yeah, exactly. any place with an actual music scene. Like, yeah, so at least at that the time I was there. You know? Right, right. So, so. What happens is that, and now that feeds into streaming, all these people can now experience like these masses of stuff that increase their vocabulary and aren't necessarily equipped to decide what they like anymore. Right, right. And Interesting. Then, and then, uh, so you get an industry that is just largely pushing out crap, <laughs> you know? Well, I, I mean, I think that that's going to be the case in any industry, though. I, you know, yeah. and, and well, the crap, so, the crap that makes it to air. Let me put it that way. Oh, well, f- fucking commercial radio is always going to be a fucking shit fest. I mean, like, yeah. it, especially now, mm-hmm. it's like, I did you check out, there was a uh, billboard, um, was it billboard or was it like Merriam-Webster? Fuck. Was uh, it billboard the top 10 uh, hip-hop artists today? I didn't know. I didn't see uh, that. Uh, read that after we get on. Like, it's, uh, I, it was, left off Tupac. Let's just put it that way. Uh, there, yes. Okay. All right. Let's just let's just brush that to yep. the side. Yep. Let's put a pin in that. Mm-hmm. Um, we can just both have a heavy sigh, maybe after yep. the taping. Uh, no, I was talking about this. They put out this uh, list. So, so how do I describe this? They took by year, no, by decade, mm-hmm. and then they took the top, the in the Billboard top two hundred, and they figured out the most used words in the titles of the songs in the oh. top hundred, whatever. Right. And then they, it's just a list of the top five words yeah. in the top songs on Billboard of that decade. Uh-huh. And you get to see from when they started, like in the 40s yeah. through now, and it's the most painful devolution to see. <laughs> like like in the, in the 2000s, that's when I think just the letter U shows up right. in the top five, which is like, Guys, yeah, fucking chill out. Like, <laughs> at least it's, it's not the number four. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I think you know, it, it just it to me just spoke to like the devolution of like commercial radio and like what yeah. is is resonating there, especially in like you know I know it's not being made for me, so I don't want to like talk about it too much. Right. But like rap radio right now, I feel like it's just at this weird low point. As a as a huge hip hop fan. I'm just so not into it's, the specific thing that's happening that, there right now. That area is so splintered, and it's almost unfair, like uh, Kendrick Lamar's album, that that came out because like it took everything that was great about rap and hip hop, and it was like over the past like twenty or thirty years. What a great record! And it it's uh, uh, yeah, it's it's one of the best ones I may have heard ever. I completely agree. It's it's not even it, and it's hard to we we did a whole podcast on it. Obviously, it's our number one album of the year, but we're yep. like actually discounting it. We're like nobody can put that at number one. It's just here. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. so out of place. And when stuff like that happens, like you, my hope is that that will uh, not only bring in new people to that audience, yeah, 
but also uh, inspired the people who are making it now. But I, like, I think that it did, but I think that yeah. what like Kendrick and Chance are doing, I would Jesus put Chance Christ. kind of because like I mean, yeah. dude, second mixtape was was with like a jazz band, like, acid rap. And, yeah, and, and no, the, the second one, uh, Surf or whatever. Oh, yeah. Was it Surf? Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, also in our best of for fucking sure. so good. But like that to me, I love it. And we just played with him at ACL, and he's like the nicest fucking dude. Really? Yeah, just awesome dude. Like so cool, so nice. Um, but that was kind of a thing that I was talking about with like uh, a dude in his band was like, we all got to keep taking left turns. Like, yeah, you know, like that. The fact that they can do that, and and uh, Kendrick can put out to Pimp a Butterfly. I think those are the people that that should that have to do that. You know, they yeah. have like kind of an obligate a shittily, and they have kind of an obligation to like. Mm-hmm. Uh, move the needle yeah to like more interesting shit yeah you know because yeah. Ch- chance is an interesting case uh fascinating we've been talking about it for about like two and a half years mm-hmm. now and it it's everything's for free yeah it's it gets paid for make no mistake about that yeah. he has investors but yeah it's this weird model of like not just like you hear like oh i dropped the free mixtape and you expect like maybe it'll be okay maybe it'll yeah. be okay. and then you have the stuff that rises to the top of some of the best art that's being produced yeah that year uh and i don't know how to uh i don't know how many artists can follow that it's almost like the radiohead well that, that's the that's that thing you know i i like i love chance's model and i think that's a way that we could we could maybe move forward, but that only works for people who are like his level and above. Yeah. You know, that would work. That works for, you know, it works for run the jewels, <laughs> you know, it works, but like, I mean, now the jewels happened. So. It did. And, and, and I, but I think that that is the kind of thing that like those types of solutions don't work for right. lesser known artists. And in fact, they they kind of sometimes hurt lesser known artists. And, and it's just that weird thing of like, there isn't, there isn't a solve, a universal right. solve for this. Like each artist has their own relationship with their own fans and can do different things based on where they're at. Um, but I love, I love that model. I love the idea because yeah. I mean, he's getting people to give a shit about free music. That's the whole thing. Like I don't care, really. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. like money is like, who gives a shit? Yeah, like, it doesn't fucking matter. It's imaginary to begin with. Right. Like it's not right. a thing. Right. Um, but music is fucking real and it's yeah. people, your relationship with art is very real yep. and it's, it enriches your, the one life that you get, Yeah, you know? So, so however we can do that, however we can move forward, but also like do what chance is doing, like force people to like actively give a shit yeah. about something that's kind of free. Like information is just, yeah free at, at a certain point you know it's like nobody can commodify it like yeah cell phone companies are like racing to figure out how to like deal with data like just data yeah like yeah. just information like yeah and none of them have a solve like and i don't know like what do we do how do we keep people who create stuff in you know incentivized to create and, and compensated for their creation but also like respond to the reality that like information is just once it's out, it's out. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. You know, hey, have you been to a uh, future music coalition the no. conference? You need to do that next year. Yeah. It's uh, a guy who's been on this Casey Ray is the CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could talk with hours. I mean, for hours with Tim about this stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that is their main focus. Like, because that's what it is. It, it, it gets down to like, how are people going to be incentivized to move the needle? Yeah. Because that's, I think that's a thing that younger people that I talk to 
don't get. And I wouldn't have gotten when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I think it took it took me kind of becoming an adult to yeah. to get that because it's a subtle point and. It's kind of one that there's a knee jerk, like, yeah, well, fuck the man, like, response to yeah. it, you know, which is like, well, that's, you can't just fuck the man. Like, you got to, like, do something, you know, like, yeah. like unless it's, it's more complicated than that. Um, and and uh, it's a nuanced argument that I don't think I'm articulate enough to be the guy to make. But I love that, like, it's a conversation, at least, that people yeah. like Chance are, are at least trying to figure out a way to make that work, you know, and and. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's a really interesting time. I, it's I, be interesting. I, I love that we're like doing, not just the podcast we're doing right now, but this podcast in this time in music. Because totally, stuff, yeah. This is stuff to talk about that, that everybody, it concerns everybody. Yeah. Uh, because if you don't have, and uh, you know, I'll say if you don't have like an album, an EP like yours, or the work you've done so, yeah. so or, or most of the work you've done, like life sort of just very incrementally gets a little less or can. I mean, I, I think it's the, I hate to say this, but we we're just talking about Kendrick and Chance versus like standard stuff on rap yeah. radio right now. I think that's the difference, you know, like yeah. uh, like complicated music that can change a generation doesn't happen Mm-mm. when it's dumbed down. Like it just doesn't work, nope. you know. And uh, we can't. I, I'm gonna be pissed if we lose that. Like I'm like, yeah. what's the fucking point? Like, you yeah, know? yeah. If you um, uh, have you been to uh, Iceland? No, but it's like the so only go. place I have so to yeah. go. We did Emilio like loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and, and uh, actually, we were over there, and I'm like, ah, I bet making. Did you ever for like airwaves or what? Were you? No, we we went on uh, just as a vacation, flew to Reykjavik, and oh, then dro- and then drove around the whole thing. It takes a week. Uh, I can yeah. I can actually send you dar- get Daria to send you the itinerary. I would be it's so amazing. Into that. Is there like hiking, camping shit you can do? It seems Absolutely. like a perfect for that. It's like, cold. That's fine. I'm but, down with cold. Uh, there's a lot of like uh, farm stays. So when the economy cool. yeah. crashed, like all of a sudden these farmers are like, we have nowhere to send our, our stuff. But tourism is coming in. There are three times the amount of tourists coming in that country. Wow. As there are. But my point is, is over there, we, we talked to a guy, uh, this guy Magnus at a bar, and he's like, I. I'm a bartender. Yeah. I am an economics professor. <laughs> I am a writer. And by the way, one of the better writers I've ever seen, like in journalism. I mean, he's, yeah. And all this stuff. And and his reasoning was because, you know, like you said, you, you have one life and, you know, we, we have to enrich this and talk intelligently about all this stuff yeah. and make it better. And over there, I mean, they have a lot of problems, but it is a, a generally happier populace. And the night we got back, we watched Idiocracy. And it was like... Holy shit, we're here. <laughs> like, yep. We are now here. I can't believe you brought that up. I literally watched that like three weeks ago and for the first time in years. Didn't it scare you? It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. At some point you stopped laughing and you're like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> we were working on Phil's record. Uh, Phil Moore, not Phil yeah. Cook. And um, yeah, we like took a break one night and watched that. And we all were like having a blast. And then kind of slowly were like, is anyone else like fucking depressed right now? Like <laughs> But I, but it's you know it it is and it isn't because it's like it it would be depressing if we watched that and weren't concerned. Yeah. But I think everyone I brought that up with was like, that I was like brought it up was like oh yeah how scary how fucking scary is that mm-hmm. and I think that that again goes to the, it creates this polar situation which is fine with me for right now mm-hmm. but it creates the to pimp a butterfly versus like shit on rap radio polar existence which is you know they are reactions to each other in a certain way but 
but that's it's good. Like I think when you see Idiocracy and you mm-hmm. get upset, it'd be way worse if you saw Idiocracy and you're just like, that was fucking like, uh, you know, like <laughs> kick him in the nuts. Uh, man, <laughs> his name was I'm not or whatever. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. you know it's yeah. Uh, I think that would be depressing. I think the fact that every time you bring that movie up, someone's like, oh my god, fucking crazy, right? What are we gonna do? Yeah. I think that is that makes me feel so much better about the future. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I think you got to get to a show actually tonight. Ah, whatever. It's uh, just um, it's a fucking stereo input. I just I'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering about the load in, um, but uh, so what all you have going on? The, the uh, May Devoke album is out right now. Yeah, that just came out a little bit ago, um, uh, and so obviously I'm on tour for that right now. It's just been yeah. the best like palate cleanser. We played the last Sylvanesso show like two weeks ago, and uh-huh. uh, of the cycle that is not yeah. like you know whatever. Uh, before we make another record. And uh, so it's just, I left that and went right on this tour. And it's nice. just been like, I don't know, so relaxing and cool. We got this cool thing going on where like, I just put out 18 minutes of music and Phil, the Tuska, yeah, yeah. put out one song, like one video. Yeah, yeah. And so everyone who's bought tickets to this kind of had no idea what they were getting into, <laughs> which makes for this awesome audience that's just like just people who want to come hear new shit yeah you know that's what i have any that's why i was excited about it i was like i mean i've seen you do like the stuff it's it's somewhat similar but yeah like i literally have no idea what you're gonna be doing tonight yeah and (laughs) and like that's been the most refreshing thing ever yeah um so yeah that that just came out i just um put i've been playing in this uh, improv trio for like 12 years with the two dudes, the computer guys who I was talking yeah, about yeah, earlier. Yeah. Um, and we just put out a cassette two days ago. Oh, no shit. Uh, it's called, uh, the band's called Theater AV. And so that's uh, kind of a fun. Uh, a cassette intentionally? Yeah. <laughs> it's this, it's this cool, uh, I, I, yeah. this cool label that like they just do cassette and digital. And it's yeah. like, it's kind of for the kind of band we are. I always say our genre is halfway between uh, music to listen to while you're in a plane that's taking off mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, music to listen to while you're wandering around with headphones on yeah. kind of stoned in the fall. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's just a way out the record. So I'm kind of hyped to that, have that out. And then I go home and play our last show tomorrow. And then nice. me and Amelia start working on a record for like the next three months. And we go out on tour again forever, and <laughs> hopefully you'll still be here wanting to talk to us. Yeah, please uh, come by. Like if you come by, we work it out. We'll cook you dinner, man. That would be lovely. And, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, so we'll get to the show. Thank you for uh, stopping by, and uh, good luck with the tour and everything else. Thanks so much for having me, man. I love the podcast. Uh, awesome. Good to see you again. Yeah. Too. All right. Sanborn made a vote. Uh, the name of the EP is Penumbra. The track that you actually heard uh, coming out of that little chat uh, is the title track. Uh, it is five songs of pure uh, enjoyment. So you need to get it, you need to put it in your ears, and you need to enjoy it. And we're going to make that easy for you. We're going to put links in the show notes. Also, you need to get out uh, uh, if he takes Made Evoke out on tour again, uh, which I suspect he probably will. Um, you need to get out and see him. Uh, you know, we talked in this podcast a lot about the mystery and the surprise of music, so I don't want to spoil it for you too much, except to say that his set at DC9 was, was fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, it was 100% jam, uh, and it, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's remarkable uh, what he has learned to do with uh, 
uh, these not necessarily conventional instruments, although many people uh, would argue uh, for me to shut up, old man, they are completely conventional. So uh, so that's neither here nor there. Um, thanks again to Nick for coming down. Uh, hopefully we'll be talking to him uh, and Amelia when they swing back through town uh, once Sylvanessa gets cranked back up. Uh, right now, though, uh, I want to talk about his friend Phil Moore uh, from Bowerbirds. We covered Bowerbirds back in around 2012, 2013, I think. Uh, their album, The Clearing, uh, was excellent. Uh, they had a, a track off that, uh, Tuck the Darkness In. It was one of my favorite tracks of that year. Uh, and, you know, they've been sort of quiet since then. And, and Phil, apparently, has been working on this Tushka project. Um, this is an example of why we should never pigeonhole artists, and more importantly, why they shouldn't pigeonhole themselves. This is also in the electronic sort of realm, the same realm that uh, Nick is operating in. Uh, brings a lot more R&B to it. Uh, they have a single out now called The Program uh, off an untitled album The I think it's going to be released early next year, but we'll certainly keep you updated on that. So what I want you to do now is is take a listen to it. So you ready? Here you go. This is Phil Moore, uh, previously of Bowerbirds, now his project Tushka. Uh, the name of this track is The Program. So get ready to jam. Like a Cinderella in the wee hours, I stay in the shadows in the new world. Just give me time, pull me out of these door drums. Don't ever feel like I don't account for nothing. Put some color in my cheeks again. Say, say, do you know how deep the ocean is? Do you wonder, do you wonder, what do you wonder for? Do you wonder, or do you sit there on the phone?
All right, Tuska, Phil Moore. Um, did you feel the jams? I, I think you, sh- you should have felt the jams in that. Uh, you know, much like Nick's set uh, at DC Nine, this set was also uh, pretty pretty fucking amazing. Uh, I, I cannot. St- it's nineties R and B like super jams mixed in with a lot of the sensibilities that Phil brought to Powerbirds, and and, and the result. I mean, it's two guys and and on keyboards and this. And it's it was magical, it was amazing, and I, I cannot wait to hear this album and to see uh, see what he did with it. Much much like uh, not just Main of Oak, Nick's stuff, but also Sylvanesso, finding the the heart, uh, the human soul inside these machine sounds, and and coming up with something that's new and, and in many ways is moving. I, I think what uh, uh, music modern music at least as an art form uh can be forward uh so uh thanks again to nick for stopping by uh also thanks for phil he was upstairs uh while we were talking we're, we're gonna hopefully have phil back on the podcast uh when tushka's debut album comes out uh we were actually gonna do it this time but said you know let's make sure everybody's comfortable with the album and got to hear it and whatnot. Uh, and I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that because after seeing that set, like I said, uh, I think, I think they got a lot to say. Uh, it's great stuff. Um, if you enjoy what you listen to just now, uh, you can listen to us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us. Uh, if you have strong feels about it, you can rate us or you can write a review. Uh, both of those are are valid options. I mean, you could just send me an email and say, "Hey, I really love that," or "Hey, I really hate that," or you could hit me up on Twitter and say, "What are you doing? You're stupid." Um, but uh, but you know, do it more commercially. Let the world see your love for us or hate. Doesn't matter. Um, in the next few weeks, uh, like I said, we're going to be closing in on the end. Uh, we have. Uh, now we're going to have one more album podcast. So we're going to be talking about ELO, which is going to be awesome. Uh, and the new Grimes, uh, LP, which should be awesome. It should be a lively conversation. Uh, we're also going to be, uh, breaking down the career of one John Williams, uh, for you. John Williams is one of the greatest American composers, probably one of the greatest composers of all time. Uh, been like working with Steven Spielberg for decades uh george he made the star wars music people come on uh so we're gonna sit down here and nerd out about that and then we're gonna have a uh two podcasts in the week before christmas and uh that's gonna be uh the best of dc and then the best of the year and then we're done we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna be back when the new year is upon us uh as always uh, we thank you for listening. Uh, be good to your ears and be better to your people. We'll talk to you in about seven days. I still hear
<laughs> 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 Kenobi.